As people adjust to a remote environment post-COVID, some parts of the economy is choosing to go hybrid, which is a few days in the office and a few days out, and some other parts are just choosing to go pure remote. And I think it's pretty instructive how Mark Andreessen argues that hybrid is an unsustainable equilibrium because it just takes some part of the economy to go for remote and they start competing for talent in a way that other people don't. The other element that's pretty interesting is the argument about pay fairness because there's two ways to argue for fairness, which is equal pay for equal work or that pay should be adjusted based on cost of living by location. And I think the argument here basically also comes down towards location-independent pay because it's a similar me mechanism where uh, it just takes some part of the economy to pay location independently and the rest of the economy, in order to compete for the same talents, has to follow suit. And so anyway, yeah, that's the point of the COVID disruption is the COVID disruption is the opportunity to now go reinvent. And so it's the opportunity to go reinvent at the company level. It's an opportunity to go reinvent at the industry level. And then, of course, really critically, it's an opportunity to reinvent at the individual level which is like, okay, as an individual, as a worker in the economy, like, okay, what do I want to do? What field do I want to be in? Where do I want to work? And then where do I want to live? This goes to the second big thing that's happening, which is basically for thousands of years, basically there was this, and this is a standard thing in economics, is if you were young and ambitious and you grew up, let's say a rural environment or even a small town or small city, if you wanted access to the best economic opportunities for your career, you had to move to a large city. In economics, this is what's called the agglomeration effect of big cities. And again, it goes back to productivity growth, which is basically it's the economic function of a city has been that you gather as many high productivity people together as you possibly can, and then they all kind of lift each other up. It's sort of this compounding effect at the level of the city. But it's always been tied to geography. It's always been tied to this idea that you have to get to a city with other productive people. If this remote thing sticks, and I think it's going to stick, then you're going to have a lot of people who presently live in cities who have these like basically high productivity jobs who are going to be able to leave the cities if they want to and maybe go live a very different kind of life. We talk about that in a second, but still have that great job, right? Number one, or you could have people who grow up in places where they don't have access to the great jobs, but who are really sharp and get themselves really well educated. By the way, maybe just like completely educated online. Maybe they never even go to college, right? In the new world. And then they're able to apply for it and get one of these incredible jobs at one of these incredible companies without having to move. And so it's possible that we have decoupled geography from economic opportunity for basically the first time in 5,000 years. I don't have a sense yet on how to measure the magnitude of that, but to the extent that happens like that is a really, really big deal. Talking to and observing a lot of the larger companies, the ones that had offices before the pandemic are largely trying to revert back to some structure where people are going to be in the office at least some amount of the time. Do you think there's going to be a bifurcation where a lot of the existing companies that were at least some medium size do some sort of hybrid thing, but the vast majority of companies that become created from scratch after the pandemic will be remote first, sort of remote only? So I think some of all of the above in this case. And so I do know a bunch of companies and I'll just give, you know, there've been a bunch of examples, but just to pick a couple of names, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan and banking as an example, I know are very firm in getting people back to the office. Apple and Netflix out here in tech, you know, are very much like Reed Hastings gave an interview and he famously said 12 hours after the vaccine is out, we'll have everybody back in the office. We need to get people back in person. So you've got big companies that have definitely declared in that direction. 
you do have quite a few big companies who are going the other direction. And so in tech, you've got companies ranging from, you know, you've got, you know, obviously Jack Dorsey was early on this, so Twitter and Square. You've got even older companies like VMware and Oracle that are going to be much more remote centric in tech. And then a friend of mine runs a big firm in New York. And just as an example, he said this months ago, he said, look, I now realize that like 80% of our headcount or whatever just simply doesn't have to be in New York. It doesn't make sense to have like basically the back office for what we do be in New York because it's just like the living conditions are not good and, you know, everything is like super expensive. And so he's like, look, at the very least, we're going to go put those jobs somewhere else. We'll go put those jobs in like Minnesota or North Dakota or something. Or we might just virtualize those functions, right? And it might just be that our whatever, if we have like an accounting organization with a thousand people or something, we might just take that all remote. Then he says, look, we have other people in the firm, a minority of the firm who are doing like the super whatever, like intensive knowledge work. We might want that 20% to stay in person and we might actually, you know, pay more for them to be in New York because we have all the savings from getting everything else out of the city. And so I think you're going to see like a lot of hybrid kind of things like that. So there's that. But then I think you made a really good point, which is like, look, it is always easier if you're going to like fundamentally change how something operates. I think it is very clear. It is always easier to just start from scratch. Starting from scratch is harder in almost every way other than you get to actually just like do things differently, right? Like yeah. the curse and blessing of startups, right? The curse and blessing of startups is bad news is we start with nothing. We start with no brand and no customers and no nothing and nobody knows who we are and whatever. The good news is we have a clean sheet of paper and we can just decide how we want to operate and we don't have to basically have any sacred cows whatsoever. So I, I do think there's going to be like a thousand experiments on the startup front. And then I think there's a bunch of really big questions that where there's going to be very high tension. And I'll just give you two questions where I think there's high tension already. So if you had to come to the office five days a week in the past as a worker, and you're now told that you only need to be in the office two days a week, has your life actually improved very much? That's what's now called hybrid work. But now right. it's like, okay, thank you, boss. Okay, good news is I guess I can stay home three days a week, but I can't move. If I have to be in the office two days a week, I can't move. And if I want to move, because I want to move to a place where I can have like a bigger house and yard for my kids, or I want to move so I can be with my extended family, or if I want to move because I want to just like a change of pace, whatever, change of scenery, like I can't do that. And so this hybrid thing actually doesn't do anything for me as an employee. This goes to job creation destruction rates. Maybe at that point, that's also going to catalyze me to go find a company that's actually going to let me actually do something that makes more sense for me. Maybe that's I move to Denver or something and I'm going to work in person for a company in Denver. Or maybe it's, you know, I want to move to the Catskills or whatever and I want to have a remote job and I want an employer that's just going to let me run fully remote. And so I think a lot of companies are locking in on this hybrid two days a week, three days a week thing in the office. I just don't know if that's a stable state. You feel like it's the worst of both? Yeah, it might be the worst of both. It's basically like you have to sit at home and work for three days doing all the same stuff you would have done in the office anyway, and you still have to come to the office and you can't leave and you can't relocate because I still can't move. I still have to be there. I have no more yeah. mobility than I had before. And I just have like potentially a worse version. And I have to work out of my spare bedroom three days a week instead of sitting in my office. Why am I doing that? And so... I think there's a lot of companies that think they're going to make that approach work, and I'm really suspicious that that's going to settle there. There's another really important question around compensation that then comes in also, which is there's two theories on compensation. So let's say somebody's working in a city today in a knowledge work job. They're working in a city. They've got a good job, and they're making $100,000 working out of a city. And then let's suppose they move, and let's suppose they move to a place where their living expenses drop by 40%. But they keep their job. They're not working remotely. Should they keep their $100,000 salary, even though they're living in a place where it's 40% cheaper to live? Or should their salary be dropped 40% to compensate for the cost of living, right, Delta? And then which of those approaches is most fair, not just for that employee, but for all the other employees of that company, right? Because what decision you set for one employee is going to ripple through how every other employee thinks. And so what I hear a lot of CEOs doing is like, look, 
we've got the $100,000 worker living in a city. They're going to move to someplace much cheaper. If we don't lower their salary corresponding to the lower cost of living, then we're going to send a signal to all the rest of our employees that they can do the same thing. And then they're all basically going to give themselves massive raises, you know, effectively massive raises. And we're going to go to a remote centric culture, even though we didn't intend to. So that would be bad. Or I'm going to tell everybody who moves that they're getting a big pay cut, which is a big motivator for them to just go interview and maybe get a job at a higher salary. And if I'm the hiring manager on the other side of that at another company, maybe I pay that same person $100,000 because it's the same work being done, even though it's being done from a, right? So you see what I'm saying? It's like, is fairness same money for same work or is fairness same money adjusted for cost of living? Right now, a lot of CEOs are like trapped in the middle of that. And where that answer drops out, I think is going to affect, I think, dramatically what the employer incentives are in terms of where they stay and where, they, literally both where they stay in terms of employers but also where they stay or where they go in terms of geography. And depending on how that shakes out, like we may be seeing an unprecedented wave of people moving out of cities over the course of the next five years. Oh, that's very interesting. No, I think a lot of businesses are facing those exact problems and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out.